0: Hey, hey, what's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Amazing Seller Podcast. This is episode number 322, session number 98 of Ask Scott. This is where I answer your questions here on the podcast, and I do it every single Friday, and I love doing it. You guys have heard me say this time and time again, but I really, truly do, so keep them coming. If you have a question and you want me to answer on an upcoming session of Ask Scott, head over to TheAmazingSeller.com forward slash Ask and the only thing that I ask of you is to put in your first name, where you're tuning in from, and just a brief question, and I'll do my best to uh, to listen to it and air it on an upcoming show. And I, I got to say, guys, I mean, you guys that have been following the podcast for quite a while probably already heard how I was living in New York for years, like I lived there for over 40 years, and I just recently moved to South Carolina, and, uh, well, I am loving this weather in February, and I, I know that it's probably not normal that it's 70 degrees in February, usually around the 50 mark would be a good day, but we're having 70s, and I am so excited. I actually went out on a walk this morning with my wife, and uh, the sun is is out, and uh, we took the uh, the old 73 Mustang out the other day, went to lunch, and uh, just, oh man, I'm just loving this Uh this uh, weather, and uh, I'm I'm really happy if you couldn't tell about this weather. I love it. Um, all right, so we are going to get into today's questions, and uh, what I did want to do, though, is I wanted to highlight something here, and I think on the last Ask Scott session, I forgot to do this, um, so I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to try to keep doing these, and I think it's important that we, we have these I guess these different things that we think about on a weekly basis and maybe continually bring them up or write them down, and one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately, not even just this week, but really I thought about a little bit deeper this week, and that is small wins all right? And that's kind of like my thought of the week. And what do I mean by this? Like, what do I mean by small wins? Like, we always want to go out there and we want to win big, right? We want to go out there and do something and get this huge result. And, and that's awesome, right? It's kind of like playing the lottery though, right? I'm not much of a lottery player. And if you guys don't, know that little fun fact, um, I don't think I've ever played a scratch-off, or no, I'm sorry, I've done a scratch-off, I got one as a gift, um, I don't go in and buy them, um, is the, uh, you know, you pick six, or pick eight, or whatever it is, right, the quick picks, or any of that stuff, uh, I've never done any of that stuff, my father used to do a little bit of it, and again, it's kind of like that dollar in a dream, right, it's, I've just never, I've never bought into that, um, and I'm not really, a I I guess, a big believer in, in buying into winning big without Putting in the time, or without having those small little victories along the way, and if if you guys haven't heard my story, episode three hundred, definitely go check that out. It's where I go through my entire journey um, up till today or this year, and and it really just kind of shows you that it's like these small little wins, and those those wins also allow you to learn through that process, so if you really can get your head wrapped around that, that it's about the small wins, those will actually get you to the bigger wins because they're going to compound on each other and start to build on each other, and I want to kind of highlight this right here and kind of give a couple of shout-outs because uh, I think it's important that we do that, and inside of our our bigger TAS group, our uh, our group of over like 40,000 people in there now, which is amazing, and you guys are awesome in there, all you TASers, so I want to give you guys a little shout out, a little love, but I wanted to highlight this one here, and I'm going to probably butcher the name, I apologize, but I'm going to still give the shout out because I think it's pretty cool, but it was uh, Ruanica, Ruanica is how I think you pronounce that, Ruanica, I'm going to say that one more time, Ruanica. Okay, I hope I pronounced that right. But anyway, Ruanica says this right here in the, uh, the, the Facebook group and says, Hey everyone, just thought I'd share my little win here. I just hit $5,000 of sales in 30 days. Super exciting. Triple explanation point. We launched last October, and sales are starting to pick up recently, looking really hopeful. And what, what they mean here is last October meaning in 2016, so just before fourth quarter. But now we're after fourth quarter, and this is what's really cool is uh, they've had 15 sales today that they posted this, and I think it was $1,357 in the past seven days, and uh, the past 15 days was twenty two fifty eight twenty six. so pretty awesome. Uh, pretty awesome, and that was the screenshot that I'm looking at right here, and I'll link this up in the show notes, but the other thing they said was, hey, Scott, thanks for the help, and getting to this point, your podcast pretty much taught me FBA, really, really excited about the potential of FBA, and then did a little whoop woo and then uh, some smiley faces, so I love this stuff, because it shows me that, number one, you're 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 taking action but more importantly you're okay with the small wins to get you to a certain place some people would be disappointed that they haven't gotten there, or they've been at this thing for ten months or twelve months, and they haven't gotten the results that uh, that they thought they should be getting. Or maybe they have still just been consuming and not doing. You guys have heard me say that time and time again, right? We can consume. There's so much information out there. There's uh, other podcasts that have popped up since I've started mine. Uh, you know, and you know some of them are good. And it's like there's a lot of information, right? So take that information and just channel it, right? Like focus on what you can do and then go after the small wins, go after the small wins And that is one of the main reasons why I decided to do this thing we're calling the 1K Fast Track, because I wanted to be able to take people that were like paralyzed in a sense because they were either afraid of picking the wrong product or maybe didn't have enough cash or, you know, just not ready or just not willing to jump in yet. And uh, the 1K Fast Track has been awesome, and I wanted to give you a little update on that. We actually did a little pre-challenge before we actually started the class, and uh, we did a little pre-challenge, a seven-day pre-challenge, and told everyone to go out there and kind of clean out their house or their attics or wherever, a room, and start listing stuff on eBay. Like, okay, forget about Amazon for a second. I want you guys to just get some results, and uh, within seven days, we had over $3,400 generated from that little pre-challenge, so to me... It's a way to get you seeing that this thing works. Not just Amazon, not just eBay, that you can actually do something and get a result. And in this case it was results in, you know, getting money back, okay? Cuz you took something and you sold it. And you it proved to yourself like, wow, this thing can actually work. And then from there you build upon that. So I can't stress that enough. It's really about the small wins. And I, however you do that, I don't care, just do something that's going to give you a small win. And then reflect on that win and then build upon that win. All right. So that's what I want to really just leave you with for this week. Focus on the small wins, stack them over time. All right. So let me do that. Let me just say that one more time. Focus on the small wins, stack them over time. It's a powerful, powerful thing if you can just do that. You might even want to write this down on a little sharp, or a, yeah, using a Sharpie on a little Post it note and put it on your computer. Focus on the small wins. Really, really powerful, guys, and it I mean, it could be in fitness, it could be in business, it could be in life, it could be in a relationship, focus on the small wins, stack them over time. All right, so guys, let's go ahead and uh, let's get started. I'm excited, if you couldn't tell, I mean, I've got a beautiful day out there. I'm going to take another walk after I get finished with this episode with you guys And then probably go have some lunch with my wife and then do some more planning for a couple of Amazon things that we have in the works, which is pretty awesome and I'm excited about. So let's go ahead and listen to this week's first question and I'll give you my answer. Let's do this. What do you say?
1: Hey, Scott, this is Brendan in Colorado Springs. Uh, I love the podcast and I just had a quick question about sourcing. I was wondering if you had any experience with using, I think it's called 1688 Uh, for sourcing as opposed to Alibaba. The reason I ask is because I speak fluent Mandarin and I thought it might be advantageous to go directly through a Chinese sourcing site because I thought maybe I could get better prices or something like that. But I was wondering if you had any idea whether or not this was true. And if not, can you think of any other ways that a Mandarin speaker could leverage this skill to their advantage as an FBA seller? Seems like a really valuable skill in this business, but I haven't I currently haven't found exactly how to apply it. That's it for now. I uh, love all the great content. Have a good
0: one. Hey, Brendan, thank you so much for the question, and thank you so much for being a listener. I do appreciate each and every one of you, and I want to thank you personally for listening, and uh, I do appreciate you. So, yeah, this is pretty cool. I've actually heard of this website. Um, I've never looked into it myself personally because I don't speak that language, right? So, I'm not going to do that, but you bring up a really good point. For anyone that does speak uh this language, why not, right? Like I think that is an advantage for you, right? If, if with anything. I mean, if you're going to another country and you speak that language, you're probably going to have a little bit of a of an easier time communicating and then from there reaching other people that people like me aren't going to be able to reach unless I hire someone like you, which also brings up another great point is, you know, something maybe, maybe for you, maybe not, but that's an asset that you have that a lot of people don't have. You could hire your services for just communicating with these people and sourcing products. Just another random thought that I had popping in my head as I'm sitting here doing this. And if you and I were having that cup of coffee together, that's what I'd be saying. Like, man, Brendan, maybe you could do this also for other people and charge a little bit of a, of a fee. So this way, here, you can also raise some capital to fund your private label business. So again, there's a lot of assets that we have that we don't even realize is a huge asset. But anyway, talking about this website, it's uh, it's 1688 dot com is the website, and I've heard of it. I've actually seen it before, but I didn't go much further than that because, obviously, uh, I wasn't going to be able to take advantage of it, right, or at this time. I mean, if I had someone in my, in my uh, you know, I guess my inner circle or, you know, someone that I could reach out to, I may have, uh, but because I've kind of already gotten through the initial stages, I've got a pretty good network of people that I can reach out to and, and help me with this, um, and I know, like, Guys over at Guided Imports, I mean, they can help with this. But this particular uh, idea is a is a pretty good one, I believe, for anyone that does speak this language, or if they if they know someone that does, uh, because again, there's going to be less people on there, especially in our in our world, in a sense, right? Because uh, we're all going to a very similar place: Alibaba, AliExpress, or you know, maybe some of the other known ones. But uh, this would definitely, to me, be an opportunity for you, and I would also consider doing some, some, uh, I guess, freelance work, if you will, as far as like saying maybe I'll do you know ten of these a month for people and charge a small fee, and then you know, you can, uh, you can have a little side income that could also fund your private label uh, business to get started. So just another thought for you. Uh, but anyway, I just wanted to say, I think this is a good opportunity. And, you know, guys, if you haven't checked that out, it's uh, it's one six eight eight com is the site. And uh, yeah, you can go check it out. I'll link up in the show notes as well. And I mean, you're going to go there and probably be like, oh, this is cool. But, you know, I can't communicate really that well because I don't speak that language. So you're going to find someone like Brendan that can actually do uh some translation for you uh but uh, yeah i definitely think that it's an opportunity i have never used it so i can't say 100% if if it's good product going through there i'm 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 hearing that it's similar to like alibaba and um, again, it's another marketplace, so definitely check it out. It's another avenue for, uh, for us private labelers to go out there and find sourcing and, uh, yeah, check it out. So Brendan, thanks again for the question. Good luck. And, uh, let me know how you make out. I really like to know, um, after you've used their site, but, uh, I would definitely go for it for sure. All right, let's go ahead and listen to another question and I'll give you my answer.
2: Hey, Scott, Caleb here checking in from Columbus, Ohio want to thank you for everything you do. You're such an incredible resource. Uh, I've learned so much from you. really can't thank you enough. Uh, I appreciate you being such a helpful person. You really do your best to help others, and I appreciate that. Uh, anyway, I've got my first product selected. I have a manufacturer that I've been speaking to. They... Final sample, actually, just got finished today. I just got pictures in my email this morning. Really excited. Probably be another couple days, maybe a week before I get my hands on that. But uh, my question relates to brand registry. Now, my product is not going to have my company name printed on it. It is going to be a sub-brand Uh and logo that I'm going to have printed on this product. Is that going to be an issue, Brand Registry, since the brand I'm going to try and register is not going to be the exact same name as my company? I really appreciate your help, and thanks
0: for everything. Hey Caleb, thank you so much for the question, all the way from Columbus, Ohio. Again, thank you so much for being a listener and the kind words, I do appreciate it, thank you. All right, so let's dig into this question, and I think I understand the question, but I'm going to kind of go through it again out loud here so we can kind of dig into this. From what I'm gathering is, is you're a brand new seller. You've created a brand new seller's account and it's XYZ Deal Site or something like that is your brand name. We're just going to say that. And then you want to launch something in the kitchen space that's going to be sold by that brand, but that brand could be its own name. It could be like XYZ Kitchen Supplies, right? And then you're going to maybe possibly do another one. We call this like our open brand where you have like your main brand, okay, or that's the, let's call that the store in a sense, and then you're going to have multiple brands underneath that, Um, now, the thing is, is when you first start brand new, you're going to have to have a product that you're brand registering, okay, so if that is in the kitchen space, that's what it's going to be tied to, and then you would need that branded on your product or on the packaging of some kind, and then you're also going to have to prove that you have a website that's selling that brand, and you are going to have to have that product on your page that is showing that it's your product, but then also that you're driving that link back to Amazon, uh, or it doesn't have to go back to Amazon. They would like that, but this way here, it shows you that you're the owner of that brand uh, because it's on your website. Your your website has your, your logo. The one thing I found, and things are always changing. We all know that, right, in Amazon, so this might be different. Whenever you listen to this, maybe you're listening to this six months after I recorded it, it could be different, Uh, but the way it is right now currently is, you know, and for me, I did this a while ago, but it was like, if I didn't have the logo clearly marked on the website that matched the product, they came back and said, we need to see like this, like it's not looking, it's not looking right in, in a sense. They want that branding throughout Okay. So I would think if you have a main brand XYZ wholesale or whatever or XYZ, you know, great deals, whatever your main brand is, if that is if that is what you're brand registering and you want those products underneath there to be brand registered, I'm not sure that that's going to work if you just brand like your main website as XYZ great deals. And then have all of these other products. Because it's kind of like, think about this for a second. If you were Walmart and you're selling all of these different products, Walmart isn't brand registering all of those individual ones. Those brands underneath Walmart are. So hopefully that makes sense. So you would have to go and brand register for those those individual brands. Now, with that being said, if your first product is is the one that you're brand registering, then that might be a little bit different. I know this is kind of confusing. But... I wouldn't necessarily worry about uh, I guess brand registering uh, all of the all of the brands underneath there. I would try to do the one main brand and hopefully within that main brand, it's going to be linked to your first product if that makes sense and it sounds like it's confusing but it really doesn't have to be. But I think in the beginning you might be overthinking it. I think I would just try to get your account brand registered and however you do that, do it, because once you do that, your other products under there could go underneath that brand, Um, so hopefully that makes sense, uh, but I wouldn't overthink it, I would just try to, whatever product, like you said, you have your product, I would try to get that branded, I'd get my website built, I'd get the branding and the logo and everything on that website, so it comes back to Amazon saying, oh yeah, everything is kind of tied together, this makes sense. And then you're brand registering everything underneath that brand. So hopefully that makes sense. A little confusing, I know. But uh, I think what you're doing could be a little um, overkill in the beginning stages. And, and again, that's what a lot of people do. And you know, you're know, you not alone. And uh, you know, a lot of people do it, including myself. You try to think like way, way down the road. You're not there yet, so I wouldn't worry about it. When the next product comes along that's going to be into a different brand, then worry about how are we going to brand register that, and then start going through the motions. And honestly, you're going to learn that by submitting the stuff to Amazon that they require, and then you're going to say, "Do I have this stuff? Don't I have this stuff? What do I need to do?" Um, I would say though, if you are branding your product as that brand of that particular product line, not your overall arching, you know, overarching brand. Um, then I would make sure that that brand is on there. So an example would be if you are XYZ Great Deals, right, you're not going to brand your product that's a garlic press with that brand name. I would brand name that to be whatever that kitchen product line is going to be. Um, So it could get a little tricky, but um, I know I've done it where my main overall seller's account is not the name that I registered on that brand. So it does it does work. Um, again, Amazon is always changing, so I can't say it's always going to work. But uh, you know, that's what I would do. I would just start submitting the stuff, but I would not brand the garlic press that's in the kitchen space as my X Y Z Great Deals. So hopefully that makes sense. I know that was a little confusing, but hopefully it makes sense. And uh, that's. My advice, that's what I would do. All right, so let's go ahead and listen to one more quick question, then we'll wrap this baby up. You guys can get on with your day, and uh, yeah, we can get uh, rocking and rolling. So let's do that. Let's listen to one more question.
1: Hi, Scott. My name is Steve. Uh, First of all, just, man, I just love your show. I love everything you're doing for everybody here. So much great information, and you're also a really good teacher. I've heard some other courses, and the way you explain things is just so clear and so easy to follow, and I really appreciate that. So uh, I want to encourage you to keep up the great work. Uh, my question is about competition, and I guess niching out from a competition, a competitive market. Um, the market I'm considering uh, is competitive. It's not horribly competitive, but I'd say it's like a four out of five competitive for the individual pieces. And there's several different brands um, selling uh, nothing that's a huge name, but. Bunch of uh, it looks like small sellers, but uh, when you're in the the kind of individual pieces that are between eight to twelve dollars, that's pretty competitive. But if you can bundle it and sell it as a kit or a set, uh, then it looks like there's a lot less competition, and that could be workable and it fits within the criteria that you discuss. So my question is, am I doing the right thing by putting together a kit and entering this? Fairly competitive market and um, and then possibly being able to sell individual components in this competitive market once I've established myself with the kit or am I just kind of kidding myself and, and, and tricking myself in a way into getting myself into a competitive market that I'll just get slammed in or I have to spend a ton of money to, to get any sales. Uh, so I'd love to get your input on that. So just to some, uh, you know, can I sell things as a kit or a set? Uh, full of components from very competitive market uh, as a separate unit that uh, is appears to be less competitive. Uh, is that a viable strategy? Thanks again so much for everything and uh, look forward to hearing your answer.
0: Hey, Steve, thank you so much for the question. And again, thank you so much for being a listener. I appreciate you and uh, I appreciate the kind words. So again, thank you. Uh, yeah, this is a great Question. And, you know, there is some, I guess, uh, some challenges, or there's also some really good benefits to doing this. And, you know, I guess the one thing I would ask you first, again, if we're having that coffee, we're sitting across the table from each other, which we kind of are right now. So here we go. Um, I'd be like, Steve, uh, okay, that's awesome, right? You found a market that has products that are selling between $12 and $15, and they're selling really well pretty competitive, we don't want to go there, but what we want to do is we want to take two of those products or three of those products and bundle them together, and then what we want to do is sell that as a kit, and if people are already buying these separately and they're buying them maybe frequently bought together and those things, if those are things that you've already kind of researched and seen that that is the case, then the benefits are this you're going to be able to capitalize on the traffic from all three of those types of products. So when someone is searching for the garlic press, they're gonna find you. If someone's searching for the garlic uh, bag, uh, you know, whatever storage bag, if they even make one, I don't even know, uh, and then that would be there. And then if you had another one that was like a garlic, you know, brush or a garlic, uh, I don't know, cleaning brush or whatever, right? And then you took took all three of them and put them together, you're right, because now we're able to drive uh, traffic to each one. And if, you're, if your price is, is right, where let's say, for example, they're buying that stuff for $13.97 and you can grab all three of them and sell them for 19.97 or 24.97 or something like that then then that's a great deal right that's awesome now the challenges are this do people really want all three of those items well we just said that yes they are because we we've kind of looked at the data but then again is that same customer buying all three of them or is one person only buying the one and not the other we don't really know that But if we could test this, that would be my first thing. So how many can we buy of each individually? Uh, Can we buy 250 and then do like a small 250, you know, uh, like a small run, right? Where we're going to take all three of them, put them in a package, start running some pay-per-click to this and see if people buy it. I think instantly we can see by just running some pay-per-click, because now we're going to be able to run run pay-per-click through all three of those top keywords that are driving sales on all three of those different products. So again we start to see some of this data, we start to see oh these guys are coming in and buying the whole thing. Oh these people are coming in and not buying. So then we can kind of we can kind of get an idea of what the market is doing and what the keywords that people are searching for, which ones are buyers, which ones are not, um and all that stuff. So that's really cool. The other challenge is now we're taking 3 products. So Technically, we're taking three SKUs, all right? It's going to cost us more money to land. We're going to have to bundle that, so we're going to have to have that put all into one package. It's only going to need one UPC or one SKU, um, but we're not going to be able to really bust that thing apart. So now, if we see that, okay, cool, that that's great. We got that thing to market. We've got a little bundle. We got a little kit. But now we want to break that apart. Now we want to sell each one of those individually, which again, I think is another smart strategy because now we can say, all right, you can buy the kit or you can buy all of them individually. So now we get to attack the market on the smaller level. But again, I wouldn't go the smaller level first because that's where it's really competitive. So again, I think your thought process is great but again, you have to understand that you're still entering a competitive market, and I don't know what competitive is. You know that that you're referring to. Is it fifty a day? Is it hundred a day? How many reviews are we talking about? Are we talking about like, you know, hundreds of reviews? Are we talking about thousands of reviews? Like those are other things that I would be taking into my equation, and then I would want to really see the depth as far as like, okay. Are they all very similar products? Are they made up of the same components? Um, what is going to differentiate mine other than it's a bundle? Is it just the bundle? Is that the the differentiator? Or is it now yours is a bundle, but then it also has a couple extra features on the certain device? Like there's all of these different things that are going to come into it. But I, I think at the... At the least, I would try to get the three products or four or how many ever it is, I would try to create those bundle kits and I would try to get them launched and I would drive pay-per-click traffic day one. And I would see if I can get sales without any reviews, then I'm on to something. Um, and, and then I would see. I mean, in, in the beginning, I don't even care how much I'm really spending on that. I just want to see if it converts. All I want to do is see if that actually is resonating with the people that are searching for the garlic press, but then they end up buying the garlic press, the garlic brush, and the garlic bag. Like, I want to know that. Um, or maybe I I only advertise, or I'm, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm going to set up those three campaigns. One of them, I'm going to be targeting the garlic brush. Someone searching for the garlic brush is then going to lead into actually buying the bundle uh, or the bag, vice versa, whatever. But then we're going to be able to see the data, right? And if we see the data, then that's going to give us a lot of insight as far as what the market is going to uh, to do here. Um, and maybe that price point is too much. Maybe the price point of $24.95 is too much and it's just not going to work. The numbers are not going to work. But I'd rather test that with a bundle. And you know what? If that bundle ends up costing, let's say that that bundle is going to cost you, I don't know, let's call it like 8 bucks, right? And you're going to try to sell it for $24.97, right? Well, worst case, if you can't sell the bundle at the $24.97, Lower it to 1997. You might blow out of them, and if that doesn't work, guess what? You still got room to move. Sell it for 1697, and I can almost guarantee you you're still going to break even, because it's not going to be more than eight dollars in FBA fees, and your cost was eight dollars. So really, you're going to be able to liquidate that. So um, that, that'd be another option. So I wouldn't feel really that much risk as long as I can do a small test run of maybe 250 units. So I know that was kind of long-winded, but uh, there's some there's some discussion there. There's some pros and cons. And you're right. If you can get in there and start getting uh, some momentum and start selling, then you can very easily add on those additional items that are inside of the kit and break them apart. And then you can kind of compete in there without having to compete one-on-one, if that makes sense, Um, so hopefully that helps, keep me posted on that, let me know what you end up doing there, I'd be curious to see, and uh, yeah, love to hear back from you, so guys, that's pretty much going to wrap up this episode of Ask Scott, this is session number 98, by the way, and episode 322, so if you want to download the transcripts, the show notes, all that stuff, head over to theamazingseller.com, forward slash 322, and again, all the links that I discussed there will be there as well, and uh, yeah, would love to uh, to hear any more questions that you guys have, just head over to the forward slash ask, and then I'm going to remind you guys what we talked about in the very beginning, really, really think about this, go after those small wins, focus on the small wins, stack them over time. I'm telling you, it's a powerful concept. And if you can wrap your head around it, you can do really, really big things. All right, guys. So that is going to wrap up this episode. I want to say thank you guys for being listeners. I truly appreciate each and every one of you and stay active in the Facebook group, the TAS group that is. And uh, yeah, keep supporting each other. All right, guys, that's it. That's going to wrap it up. Remember, I'm here for you. I believe in you and I am rooting for you, but you have to, you have to, to. You have to do something for me. And what that is, is take action. Have an awesome day, guys. I'll see you right back here on the next episode.